With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey there, welcome back to another edition of the Book of Joe podcast with me, Tom Verducci, and my good buddy, Joe Madden. Joe, we got a treat today. I know you're looking forward to this as much as I am. I have been. Good morning, Tom, and good morning, Anthony. We have, uh, we've been trying to get this guy on. He's been down in Mexico, just hanging out, vacationing a bit. He's like a man of the world, so it's very difficult to nail Anthony down. Plus, he's been signing big contracts, et cetera. Uh, but we're really pleased to have Anthony Rizzo on with us today. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, fellas. How are you guys doing? We're awesome, man. You know, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast, Anthony, talking about what we call glue guys. And, and Joe, I can only imagine what it was like for you, not just to pencil Anthony's name into the lineup every day, but to know that he was taking care of things in the clubhouse and in the dugout. So let's start with that. Yeah, it was kind of a special, uh, I thought, relationship. I've, you know, I've been doing this for a bit, and I've had a lot of wonderful players that are both very good baseball players and good people. Uh, but with Anthony and I, I just uh, I felt like you just suggested very strongly about uh, conversations with him and then the influence that he had, would have within the group. He had a pretty good run there for several years, and it was, uh, I thought, a very tightly knit group uh, as a whole. And, and, of course, having his influence in the clubhouse was outstanding. Uh, but, again, it's like it was different because, you know, we come from the same part of the world, actually. His parents are from New Jersey, and it was very easy for me to um, kind of associate mentally with Anthony and where he was from and how he grew up, et cetera. So it was an easy conversation the whole time. Whether it was about just anything in general, about his foundation or mine, uh, Anthony, I really enjoyed our time together. I would love for it to happen again. But again, I really uh, I wanted you to be on this particular show because of what Tom just described, because I saw you as that kind of guy and you were such a big part um, of, of us winning it all, including catching the last out of the game that I thought was going to sail over your head 
but hit you right in the face. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like our time together, Joe, is amazing. From the second you that it was announced that you were coming to the Cubs, I feel like that really turned the attitude of the organization around. And then next thing you know, we have John Lester signing there and bringing in guys to really try to win. And it, it also included the trip to Ava. Uh, when I first signed on, I had Anthony come up to Tampa. We had some uh, great meatballs and pasta at Ava. I knew that was near and dear to his heart. It was the best way to to capture him immediately and, and have him become an ally. So we had a wonderful night at, at Ava, too, and uh, something that I always remember also. Oh, so the way to a first baseman's heart is through the stomach, huh, Anthony? A couple of years ago, it was he's really he's really uh, slimmed down over the last couple of years. Man, when I see on TV right now, I hardly recognize him. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a that's a the highest compliment you can give me. Yeah, I mean, is it a, a eating program? Is it exercise? A combination? You look good, man. Uh, yeah, it's just being more aware of uh, what I'm putting in there, that the times I'm putting it in the body, and just eliminating more of the late night eating, which really paid off for me, just energy wise, going forward throughout the season. Well, stay right there, brother, because it looks good. Thank you. Really good. Yeah, Anthony, I'm really curious in terms of leadership and being a glue guy, how much of it is nature, how much of it is nurture. There has to be some combination of both. So why don't you explain to us where your leadership skills came from? And, and maybe it, it predates professional baseball, some of the influences on you. It's <sighs> a great question. Um, I think just naturally being myself, you know, in the in the respectful way when I was – very young and um in san diego um for the for the short year it was just you learned a lot about you know the game and being a rookie and just questioning like i don't understand i'm here to try to win but then you got the old school way of just kind of belittling people uh still so that was a uh, part of the game and then coming to the cubs and um Immediately, I remember Ryan Dempster pulling me aside. I think the first day we were there, he's like, hey, we stink, but you're here to help us win. You be you. If anyone gives you any problems, let me know. But you're here. And it made me feel welcome with open arms. And then you have Alfonso Soriano doing the same thing, Starlin Castro, um, Reed Johnson, Jeff Baker. So all the guys, when I first got called up – in Chicago were just welcoming with open arms. So I always said to myself, I'll always welcome guys with open arms and never really, uh, you know, that old school ribbing hard, hard, hard that you hear just story after story of. I'm like, man, that's crazy because we're trying to win a ball game here. And I understand we're trying to toughen them up, but we're also trying to get every, the best we can. And that's why, Joe, when you came over and you were, you said right away that stuck with me is I can't, I'm not going to, really start talking to guys and criticizing their baseball game until I get to know them and have a conversation with them. And then once you build a relationship and a friendship with someone, then when you go and say, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or I'm seeing this, it guys are really open to receiving it more and more than just if you come at them and attack them. hundred percent. I mean, let me ask you this too, in regards to all of that. At what point do you think, cause it was San Diego and Boston, right? Before you got to the Cubs. And yep. uh, when you got there, at what point in your career do you think? Uh, it could have been in the minor leagues. It could have been early on in the big leagues. I don't know. But the level three kind of situation where you really felt, I belong here. I can do this. Because to me, 
until you arrive at that point, not only you, any of us arrive at that point where I belong here, I can do this. You really feel that and believe it. Uh, that's the point that you really can't take off in your career. In your career, do you have any real recollection of when you really felt you belonged in the big leagues? Yeah, I did. So I got called up in 2011, and I was awful. And I remember getting the call from Theo that they were trading for me to Chicago, and I was ecstatic. Um, I'm just more of a East Coast. You know, I'm not. I'm not the biggest West Coast guy. Actually, I've grown to love the West Coast now later on in my career, but early on, it's far away from home. Um, so then spring training 2012, they told me right away I was going to start in AAA, so there was no disappointment not making the team. I had a good spring, but I knew I was going to start in AAA, which actually I thought was the best thing for me. Um, kind of made a pretty big swing adjustment. So going to AAA, I was – doing really well um basically kind of counting down the days once that super two cutoff hit slash free agent cutoff kind of knew right around that time period when you were getting called up although of course the teams will never admit that but right um <laughs> uh, so i get called up it was versus the mets but it was a day later because johan santana was pitching and they wanted me to make my debut off a righty not a lefty i was like okay fine but the next week or 10 days later we were at the Mets playing at their place and Johan Santana was on the mound and I think I ended up getting three or four hits off of him four hits in the game three hits off of him one ended up being a homer mm -hmm. and that was like I felt like all right I can do this now like I know I can be here because they were telling saying we don't want to bring him up versus Johan we want him we don't want him to face the lefty and then, you know, 10 days, two weeks later, facing him at City Field in front of a lot of family for the first time. Uh, that was really that was one of my big moments. That's outstanding. That Tommy. I love that story. Um, I always think of you, too, Anthony, as a guy who's obviously not afraid to stand on top of the dish and. Uh, almost invite pitchers to come inside. You take that outside pitch and make it seem like it's down the middle. I'm not sure how long you've been doing that, Anthony, but why don't you just walk us through, maybe that was part of your, your comfort level in the big leagues, when you got to that point where uh, this is the way I want to hit, right on top of the dish. Yeah, uh, 2014, Eric Hinsky was our first base coach, I believe, and he was freshly removed out of the game. And we would talk all the time about, just approach, approach, approach. Um, even though he's the first base coach, we would just, he'd be like, hey, what were you thinking there? I was able to relate to him so well, him being left-handed. And he's the one who talked to me about moving up on the plate. And with lefties especially, to make them uncomfortable. And it, it I feel like it does. I feel like I, they have nowhere to miss. So I was struggling off lefties. I struggled off lefties big time in 2013. And just that angle i see the ball so much better um and throughout the years i've backed off it's kind of a cat and mouse game at this point but um just depending on the pitcher and what their features are but um yeah it's just one of those things where you got to stay in there and be fearless i know i'm going to get hit a lot um but that's that's part of uh that's part of my game really at this point there's no denying it and no armor joe he doesn't wear any armor there yeah. <laughs> no there's no body he's he, he used to have more now he has less like i said at the beginning of the show um let me ask you this too about ski because i had ski um 
Hinsky. I had Ski in uh, Tampa Bay. And he had the same kind of influence on a lot of the young hitters there, too. And and I don't even, is Ski in the game right now, Anthony, or is he out right now? Do you have any idea? I don't believe he is. I talk to him every year. Uh, I love him. But no, I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't want to get off track, but I just want to just give him a plug here, too, because I've been around him several times. And uh, and here's a guy that I don't know that, uh, you know, he's not an analytical maven, so he's not going to sit there and pour over reports constantly. But those are the kind of conversations that have a huge impact on a young player, young hitter. It's this kind of stuff. It's approach. It's the mental approach. It's it, Maybe it is an adjustment moving a little bit closer to the play with your back foot. And all of a sudden, like Anthony's saying, he saw the ball better and he felt more confident in that spot. I could I could do more things from this position. And those those are the kind of thoughts from a coach that I think are really not spoken about enough or very underrated in, in, in the larger sense. So uh, this is just a plug for Ski. I would hope that he gets another job somewhere because I feel the same way. Uh, listen, he, he's a lot of fun too, man. Ski's life. You don't want to know the answer. Don't ask the question, man. He's one of those guys. He is straight up. But he had a great influence on the Tampa Bay Rays going to the World Series in 2008 also. For an approach-wise too, just talking the game, and this is an example of the game being passed down from generation to generation. Right. Carlos Delgado used to tell him when he was on the Blue Jays, hey, I – one zero auto take all the time and for probably five years mm-hmm. my percentage of swinging at a one zero pitch was very low because of the benefits that it was at that time in my career of just not swinging at all one zero, and that was what ski taught me i would wait for you to ambush the first guy this year on the one and oh count i'll be watching very closely oh the, well the best <laughs> is like the orioles you know, guys I played against, Hyder knows it. Hyder will yell at me from the dugout. He goes, nice auto take. Uh, <laughs> no, I, now now it's, you know, I got to take my shots uh, on the 1-0 count. You got to do it, man. But you, you're setting them up very nicely. I like it. You know, you guys had an amazing staff in Chicago. There's no doubt. You win a championship. It's a team effort, not just 26 guys, but coaches, managers, front office. And that was the epitome of teamwork in 2016. So yes, we're going to take a quick break and we will talk to Anthony Rizzo about maybe a little bit about 2016 and about the New York Yankees. Be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Book of Joe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Book of Joe. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. We are pleased to be joined by Anthony Rizzo. And Anthony, I mean, I don't know if it's as obvious as that last out of Game 7, but... I'm sure not too many days go by when somebody mentions to you the 2016 championship team. What kind of first floats to your mind when you think about that year? Um, I think just how much fun it was from start to finish. Um, we go back to 15 and getting swept in the NLCS. And at that time, we were convinced we were going to win the World Series in 2015. And we just ran into the gauntlet of the Mets that year. And their pitching staff and Daniel Murphy destroyed us. So getting into spring training, we were just so confident that the championship was ours to lose. And we really carried ourselves like that every single day, no matter what. And I think that showed throughout the year when we got off to a great start, but going through the year, how much fun everyone had in the, in the dugout, how much fun everyone had in the clubhouse, how much fun everyone had off the field. It was just a, a really enjoyable environment to come to work to every day. And that is such a big benefit throughout the grind of a season. I mean, I can't agree with them more, uh, obviously. And again, these are the kind of things that uh, don't get enough um, credit or spoken about enough, even right down to the fact that we brought the Columbus Zoo into left field, uh, had them in left field that for one afternoon pregame and uh, families came out, uh, wives and kids came out with the players and little things like that. Again, it's about the fun component. It's about the human component. It's not just about, we always talk about the grind and it is that, I mean, people, <laughs> 162 games, man, when you're playing every night, it's it's a mental, even more than a physical challenge, it's a mental one. And if you uh, just want to pile on uh, the pressure or whatever you want to call it and, and not try to uh, hit that release valve and let some of the steam off, it's, it's just not going to work. I don't know that enough groups pay enough attention to things like that, whereas it's, it's X's and O's. Absolutely, I'm a fundamentalist when it comes down to teaching the game. But beyond that, you have to really uh, pay attention to where, the, where your players' heads are at, in a sense, and what are they feeling. You just just through a conversation, watch, watch them come in the door, watch them come back to the dugout after a tough at bat or a tough outing on the mound. Um, these are the things that I think make a big difference, and uh, we did. We had a we had an bl- absolute blast that you had an absolute blast uh, from the spring training, our uh, morning meetings run by Tim Buss. Um, and then it includes uh, every day before a game at home and on the road. And then eventually you start winning and you start expecting to win on a daily basis because you're good. 
And I cannot agree more with Anthony regarding all of that. Well, Anthony, that leads me to a question now with the New York Yankees, because you've seen what it takes, played a lot in the postseason, what it takes to get through a postseason. I understand that sometimes you do face a hot team, like you mentioned in 15 with the Mets. But when you look at this Yankees team that you're on, obviously you ran up against a tough Houston team last year. What is it going to take for this Yankees team to be another version of a team that finishes off like the 16 Cubs? Yeah, um, what's it going to take? That's that's the golden question, right? And yeah, throughout the run from 15, 16, really the whole, my whole career of just what it takes to win, um, how hard it is to win. So when you do go back to that team that has won, how much went your way and how special that group was. And you see that with Houston. You know, everyone hates Houston. They get all the booze on the road, all the you cheated scandal, and they just wear it. And it seems like that pulls them together from afar and brings them together in their own way. And I think that's what ultimately it takes to win the last game of the year is coming together in a way that, is unexplainable because we had a great group uh, last year and we came together so tight. And as the playoffs went on, we got closer and closer and we came up short, but we have the ingredients there. It's just about mixing it up the right way. And actually wrote this down before we even started this conversation. I said that the Yankees were the perfect, you were the perfect fit for them. It's not so much that they were the perfect fit for you. I saw when you got when you were sent to the Yankees, I immediately thought this is the perfect guy. You're the perfect guy for that group. And not having been there, actually, we had that conversation earlier in the year when I was still with the Angels, and I was out on the field talking to you. And then Aaron Judge came by. His first time I met him, uh, but I could tell. Uh, and again, it was almost like you brought a little bit of what we had in the past, uh, where there's like again the release valve in the clubhouse. You were able to help uh, disarm some of the tension, and I. And again, just from pictures and observation, and I read the New York Post only every day, your uh, your method with uh, Aaron really helped him a lot this year. And if you're helping Aaron Judge, you're helping that entire organization. There's no question. So um, you were the you were the perfect for them when they were perfect for you, and that that was something that to me that was obvious from the beginning. Uh, thank you. You know, Lester used to always say to me, and guys in general, right? Um, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I, I used to say, well, I got some pretty good damn soil, right? So mm-hmm. I can go sprinkle some good soil wherever I go and make that, make that grass a little greener. And I used to always joke about that. And then getting traded to New York and being in a clubhouse with, you know, a lot of guys that are similar age, um, with DJ LeMayu, Judge Stanton, Glaber Torres, seeing him work every day. Brett Gardner, I go last year, loved, loved Gardner. So being able to go there and just be with guys who want to win in a very similar situation, um, just a little different structurally organization, but it was such an easy clubhouse to walk into and go and have fun and just be myself. So Anthony, you re-signed there fairly quickly before this market went just crazy with inflation. Clearly you love the fit there. Was that your goal when the season ended? Like this is my priority to get back to the New York Yankees. Um, Yeah. I mean, I sat down with Emily, my wife and we talked and we really, really enjoyed our time in the city outside of Yankee stadium, just being able to walk around and, go to Central Park and just do, just enjoy our mornings there. Um, And then getting to play at Yankee Stadium every day with the team, with the guys. Um, 
you know we're going to have a chance every single year, year in and year out. And I had some conversation with Judge, see what he was thinking, obviously. But, yeah, the really just Emily and I decided we wanted to our, – our top priority was to stay in New York. And if that was an option early, we would jump on it as long as everything felt right. And it did, and we're, we're pumped. We're happy to be there for the next two, three years. Hopefully, hopefully longer, but take it take it one year, one day at a time. So, how hard were you recruiting Aaron Judge to stay there once you signed? <laughs> you know, I wasn't recruiting as hard as you would think. I just Emily and I know him and Sam really well from last year, just getting closer. It was really what's going to make you happy. Is it going to be A, B, C, or D? Is that here, there, or somewhere else? Um, and just kind of being a more of a friend throughout the process instead of a teammate, thinking that zero hour when everything hit the fan, I was a little bit worried just like everyone else, but also too saying you got to do what makes you happy and what's going to be the ultimately best for you. And I did send him a couple pictures of our dogs together because uh, we both have dachshunds <laughs> saying that <laughs> they we can't break them up. But no, it was just more encouraging of, what's going to be the best for you and Sam. Well, playing in Chicago helped a lot of that transition for you too, didn't it, Anthony? I mean, I'm looking at the city, the fan base, tradition, the media attention, all those different things uh, that you went through with Chicago. And even to a certain extent, even briefly in Boston, and even health-wise, the issues that you went through in the past and on a, on a almost a daily basis, what you do with your family foundation, all those things I thought were possibly tied into this the decision as to stay there as well as uh, hitting in Wrigley, uh, Wrigley compared to hitting in Yankee Stadium were two different places too. So there had to be, I think, the preparation where you had been before uh, and eventually getting traded to the Yankees and then playing there. Uh, there's got to be a lot of similarities that were very comfortable for you to work with. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I hit a few balls in April that are outs at Wrigley, and hands right. down, not even close. And people look at me there like I'm crazy. But <laughs> I think, yeah, the – the market in Wrigley and being one of the main guys for the Cubs was really easy for me to transition to another major market and to go in, in 2021 and just be able to sit back and just play was such a great feeling for me. Cause I didn't really have to deal with all the, uh, all the logistics that go on in the, the, the sides conversations that go on in the clubhouse the second half of that season because I was so new so I was just kind of sat back relaxed and see how it went and uh, going into the 2022 offseason 2021-22 I, I definitely wanted to sign back with the Yankees and try to make a, make my mark more in the organization and just have fun and win here I mean I think winning with the Cubs was was amazing the the drought and it's the ultimate championship and now i can't think of another place i'd rather win than here in new york um with the passion of fan base you know what you're gonna get from them if you suck they're gonna boo you it's part of it um if you do well they love you um, and that's kind of the game of baseball in general and when you're doing well everyone loves you when you don't do well you really you really test the test the people around you a lot uh, it's a perfect fit, the pinstripes and Anthony Rizzo. And that includes the ballpark, by the way. Of course, you mentioned this, Anthony. And the highest launch angle of your career, highest pull percentage. You get rewarded for hitting that ball as a left-handed hitter. 
But I got to ask you now, next year, no shifts, Anthony. I mean, I went back and I looked at this. In 2016, when you hit a line driver, a ground ball to the pole side, the batting average on balls in play was 342. Same thing last year with all those shifts. It was 232. So, I mean, how much are you looking forward to the game next year, either offensively and defensively, without shifts? I really am looking forward to it. I mean, as every lefty is, um, I've been saying this for a while. It's been a right-handed hitter's game for a while just because of uh, the way that they get shifted. Uh, if they hit a ball, a little lazy ground ball between the third base and the shortstop, they have a really good chance of being able to beat that out where – we're just putting our heads down and running the back to the dugout. So we'll see. I know, I know these people in the front office, the analytics are going to have their own ways of moving the outfielders and whatnot, but even that will be beneficial than hitting. Uh, I think I had like almost a hundred plate appearances here with four outfielders. So yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be beneficial for all lefties in my opinion. Joe, I know you're looking forward to that where the game resembles more like it did, say, in the 80s and the 90s? Yeah, listen, I've, I'm the, well, I was at the forefront of bringing the shift back, I think, in the 90s. And, uh, Anthony, truth be told, it started with uh, Ken Griffey Jr. I was in uh, Anaheim, and I was going through my information before the game, and uh, I walked in to see Terry Collins, who happened to be talking to Sparky Anderson at the time. And I asked, uh, look at all this stuff. Would you mind if I put another one of the infielders, three guys on the right side against Griffey? And TC says, go ahead, I don't care. So I, I went out there that night and we did that. And the first that batter comes Griffey up to the plate. And he looks right in the dugout and he does attempt to, to bunt and it goes foul. And uh, Tommy, the result of that at bat was a punch out his first at bat. Is that correct? Yeah, I think he actually popped up the bunt. I think he was out on the bunt attempt. Yeah. So that's where it began. And uh, I've always been a proponent of an organic shift with all of this, uh, meaning that uh, lefties learn how to hit the ball. The other, which you do, Anthony, you do that as well as anybody. I mean, your ability to move the ball the other side, especially with two strikes, is uh, superior to a lot of uh, lefty hitters with power. Uh, but it is what it is right now. Uh, I just, again, like I said, I like to see players uh, organically shift to make adjustments more than having things legislated because I'm always anti-legislation if it could be, if we can. So uh, it's going to be curious to watch all this. Of course, your numbers are going to improve. Schwarber's numbers are going to improve. A lot of the you lefties' numbers are going to improve. Uh, with all of that. but And last point, I'm curious, uh, the attempt by uh, analytical people, how to circumvent this, how to get one more guy on that side. Uh, do you start moving as the ball is pitched? But you can't be everywhere. Um, there's definitely going to be a benefit to you guys this coming year. I'm happy for you. I really am. I'm happy for you guys. Uh, although I was always wanting the minor leagues to be more held accountable in a sense to get young left-handed pull hitters to learn how to work the ball the other way, especially with two strikes. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think the biggest adjustment for most of us in the big leagues is going to be the pitch clock, hitting-wise, mm -hmm. just because a lot of us have had our set hitting routines. You know, you get out of the box, you readjust your batting gloves mm -hmm. to where you really noticed last year, especially towards the end of the year when you get a lot of the guys called up from AAA, um, guys are ready to go on the mound, and you're feeling rushed, 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 so... Yeah, that this offseason will definitely be a an adjustment I make just Agreed. making sure after a swing to get back up right away and kind of mentally reset a little quicker than you would in the past. Looking forward to it. A quicker game. I think a more entertaining game. And we're going to take a quick break right here and we get back. Um, we're going to play one of our favorite games with Anthony Rizzo. Stick around. 
there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. And Anthony, in previous podcasts, we like to play a game we call a reading from the Book of Joe, where we think if you open any page in this book, the Book of Joe with Joe Madden and Tom Verducci, you will find something really interesting. So we have our guests pick a number from 1 through 368. And randomly, we have not preordained what it might be. We will then read from that page. So... You're up at bat. Your turn to hit. Anthony, you pick a number from 1 to 368 and see where it takes us. Let's go with number 48. Why is that your number, by the way? Because uh, every other number in Yankee history is retired, so you have real sword pickings. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you never had it before, huh? No, no. But I like I like 44. I like in the 40s. <laughs> and I feel like 48 fit. It fits you. It fits you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is one of my favorite stories from the book, actually. I, there's a lot of, I call them Bull Durham moments in this book where Joe's had, and you know this, Anthony, is such a long winding road to get where he's at in this game that, as he said, the struggle is what makes it all enjoyable. And this is about when he was scouting and he wanted to go see Danny Jackson 
pitch at Trinidad State Junior College in Colorado. Except the problem was, and this was the last time Danny was going to pitch before the draft, there was a rainstorm that made the field unplayable. <laughs> so Joe borrowed a trick he learned while playing in semi-pro ball, I guess you'd call it, in Boulder, where they lit the field on fire <laughs> <laughs> to make sure the game was playable. So here's the story. Several players grabbed rakes. Others fetched as many gas cans as they could find. And under Madden's direction, they raked the dirt into long furrows, poured gasoline all over it, and struck a match. The infield burned for half an hour. The field was dry enough for the game. Jackson pitched. Madden filed his report. The Angels never had a shot at him. The Royals took Jackson with the first overall pick of the January 1982 draft. It was a sense of duty, Madden says. I got it done, checked all the boxes off, and then I flew back. And, of course, I wrote my report. We had no chance at him, but I burned the field myself, paid for the gas. Of course, I expensed it and had a chance to watch Danny Jackson. <laughs> I love that story, Joe. It's all true. I mean, uh, I could see it as you're describing. And I, actually, I ran into Danny not too long ago. I'm trying to remember where. And I try to re, uh, describe the story to him, but he was kind of in a hurry. So I didn't get it all the way out. But yeah, I did it in Boulder. We flooded the field intentionally one time because I was catching too often. And me and Stan Jakubowski and Rod Boxberger flooded it. But then Baldy brought in some helicopters to dry that field off. And then I had to catch that night regardless. And then this day in, um, it was in Trinidad. And I, it was the last game of the year. I had to leave instructionally to go see it. I uh, flew up there, and Larry Himes was the – I don't even know if you've ever met Larry Riz, uh, kind of a taskmaster kind of a guy. But I got up there, and I saw the game. Like you said, checked all the boxes. No chance for Danny. Uh, of course, he deserved to be number one. But uh, that's the kind of things you did back then, man. You were just uh, – you had you had to you had to perform the, the duty at hand. You just cannot call in and say, listen, the field was wet. Um, I, I, I didn't get a chance to see him. Um, I'm sorry, all that kind of stuff. That just doesn't work. There's, you got to be creative. You got to find with your imagination how to get things done. And again, part of the struggle. Um, of course, I probably would think about it differently today if a young man said, "Listen, I couldn't do it because of this." I probably would have been fine with it, but I didn't want to take that chance with Larry. <laughs> so I, I, I did what I did, and uh, I could still see sitting in those rickety stands. Um, and I think it was Rick Zimmerman was the manager of that particular team. Um, it's just, a, it's, it's one of those things you do, man, because you, like, uh, Tommy said, you got to check the boxes. You don't want to let anybody down. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the game of baseball and it's the beauty of the evolvement of the game too, is I think been amazing. Just, you know, hearing all the stories of the old ways and even Joe, you're a bridge in this game and talking to you about mm -hmm. scouting and mm -hmm. when you're in the minor leagues and then when you're with the angels, uh, hearing those stories and just, you've seen, and you too as well, Tom, have seen this game probably change every 10 years or, or so. So um, it's it's really one thing I love about baseball is just the constant involvement of the game. And Anthony, it reminds me, and you know, fans see you out there playing as they see major league players, and they see such really finished products that sometimes the work that goes into it is, is not recognized. And I like to ask major league players this question as you're coming up either as an amateur or through the minor league system, how much doubt did you have to work through? Like, can I really make it? Yeah. I mean, I think there's the self doubt and the, the, the self-talk is huge. 
things need to go your way uh, for 99.9% of baseball players. You know, the first picks, the the top, top prospects that get a lot of money in the draft, even things need to go their way as well. They're going to get more of an opportunity, but things need to go their way in order to succeed at the level that we all expect to succeed. So coming up, you know, with the, because being with the Red Sox, it was always, a, uh, you know, I always hear guys saying, I need to get out of this organization. I'm blocked to the big leagues. And I, that always stuck with me. And I always told that the guys that I played with, no one's, no one is keeping you from the big leagues except yourself. You are not blocked. You are not stuck. You just need to keep playing and keep producing. And one of the 30 teams will want you. Obviously things need to happen, but there is always that self-talk that creeps in that says, Oh, this might not work or this is hard, but you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's great stuff. So Anthony, before we get out of here, give us a, a kind of a, a thumbnail sketch of what the rest of your off season is like. We've heard about uh, hopefully a well-deserved vacation for you in Mexico. And when you start getting that baseball, that body baseball ready and what the calendar looks like before we get to spring training for you. So going to enjoy the holidays. And then once, you know, mid, mid January usually is when I'll start, picking up the bat again and start, uh, throwing, um, usually used to never throw before spring training, but, um, I, I was, I got sick of my arm being sore in spring training. So I've started throwing beforehand. Um, and just going back in and, uh, I've dissected the year last year and kind of my thoughts. And then I would dive back into that again to see my strengths and weaknesses and, uh, start putting it all together to, uh, start hitting again and just that slow ramp up to I think it's March 30th this year to be ready for then and even getting to spring I'll start questioning myself if I worked hard enough um, because you always have guys that are there that are trying to make the team that are launching home runs and live BP when I'm just trying to make contact (laughs) Um, but just it's just part of the process of getting ready for opening day well Joe I I think Obviously, I know Anthony, but I think our listeners who maybe were not familiar with Anthony can see why this guy is, I call him a manager's dream, a a teammate's best friend in a lot of ways. But for a manager, this has got to be the epitome of what you want. You'd take 26 Anthony Rizzo's on your ball club. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that was demonstrated through this conversation. Anthony and I have uh, enjoyed that relationship from the very beginning. And and Tony, thank you for coming on today. Cannot thank you enough. uh, you are one of the glue guys, and that's why uh, when we came up with the concept, I talked to Tom, and I wanted to have you on the show as quickly as we could. Uh, we couldn't get you to this particular moment, but we'll take it. Also, I just want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Emily, and your mom and dad. Please uh, give them my best, and I'm looking forward to our next opportunity to sit down at Ava and have another wonderful meal. Can't wait. Thank you, guys. Thanks, brother. Have a good holiday, guys. Well, Joe, that was as even more enjoyable than I, I knew it would be. Anthony is is one of the true gentlemen in the game today, and um, in a lot of ways, he's a role model. If you're a not just a kid falling in love with the game, but I actually think if you're a fellow major leaguer, just the way he carries himself. So hopefully, our listeners got a chance to to peek through that window of who Anthony Rizzo is. Just a treat. Yeah, I think it all came through. Uh, you could uh, just the way he speaks, uh, very calmly, very slowly. Uh, he described himself extremely well. 
uh, we had conversations in the on-deck circle when he was sitting in the hole. We had conversations about defense all the time. We had conversations about everything. And it was always an easy conversation. Uh, he comes sit in my office. He might be struggling a little bit. He comes, sits down. We go over a few things, whatever it might be that's bothering him. And uh, he would always give me a big hug as he left the room. Um, yeah, and I, I, I do believe uh, he's a very big, he's an important cog with that Yankee team going forward. I thought it was wise for them to try to get him back, and they did. Because uh, like I said, when he walked in there, I could, I easily you can see in the dugout, uh, a little more fun, a little less tension. He brings that. Although, like, listen, when he's playing, he's competing, man. This guy's always competing, but he does it in a non-stressful way. It's a, it's a manner by which or with which he could utilize all of his abilities. So there's nothing, there's not anything uptight about him during the course of a game, and I really appreciate that. So I want to continue to wish him well there, and I think he's going to really flourish for the next couple of years. Uh, a lot of the reasons, too, is it's a much better ballpark to hit in than, than Wrigley Field is to hit it. Well, Joe, I'm glad you mentioned that about how it's visible, how much fun he has playing this game. If you pay attention and watch a Yankees game, you'll see how many times Anthony Rizzo smiles in the course of a game, whether it's on the rail with Aaron Judge telling a story, whether it's on the field with umpires in the batter's box. Personally, I love to see that. that I, I know it's a very difficult game. It requires intense concentration, focus. He's able to do that at the same time, play with a smile on his face. Uh, you know, little leaguers, as us as little leaguers, we all imagine that if we got to be big leaguers, we'd have that same attitude. Well, he does it. So kudos to Anthony Rizzo. Joe, you got something to take us out here? I don't know if I've uh, used this one uh, before. Did I use the one by the, the Rivers of Babylon by uh, Nelson DeMille? No, please drop it on us. See, because this, this is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I read... I'm a big Nelson DeMille fan. I read a lot of his stuff, uh, Charm School, which is going on right now. It's about uh, Russians coming to the United States and uh, going to this particular school to infiltrate and, and becoming part of society, et cetera. But this was by the Rivers of Babylon, and this was a great book, I thought. And in that, he said um, a society would survive if everyday people did everyday things every day. And I think... I mean, that just comes down to stay in the moment, present tense, et cetera. I've always, always loved that. I'll write it down. I'll remind myself when things get kind of hectic or a little bit quick, because I do tend to get quick like we all do at times. But we will survive if we do everyday things every day. And I thought that was outstanding. Perfect. We'll see you next time, Joe. All right, brother. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 